Welcome to the Pacific Point Church Podcast, where we're learning to love and live like Jesus. During this half hour, we're praying that God will direct, encourage, and speak to you. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, visit us at pacificpointchurch.com give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. I'm so excited to be here. It still amazes me that they let me do this. The, um, and I have to tell you, I'm going to get as many of the jokes out of the way as I can, but I doubt that's going to happen. Also, about 1 o'clock food's coming. I've already cleared with Humberto and Abraham that we're going to run into their service today. So those of you who can stay, I will enjoy you being here. Those who can't understand. The, um, also, Genesis knows it's a late start today because I have three days of service to do in 30 minutes. It's funny because I was going to wear Lulu's. And I have to tell you, this is not a Lulu body. Yeah, this body doesn't work with joggers, I can tell you. They're not joggers. All right, they're Lulu's. But uh, then I was going to wear a suit, because what I'm going to talk today is serious. Where I come from, you wear a suit to christenings, mostly Catholic church confirmations, uh, births, deaths, and it's a serious thing. Not only that, I really make a suit look good. (laughs) But then I thought, I'm going to look like what everybody told me, and I saw at Shirley's uh, funeral, that I look like I worked at the mortuary. And then I got, I look like a mobster from New Jersey, like I should try out for Tulsa King. So I decided to go with Chosen. But I am going to make you an offer you can't refuse today. However, you should not refuse it. But uh, you're all chosen. Part of my message is that uh, God has a plan for all of you. So this was a perfect shirt that I have to thank my mother-in-law for buying for me. If anybody hasn't checked out the Chosen, you owe it to yourself. But I'll warn you, the first two are going to throw you a little bit because they dump you right in with Nicodemus. And if you're not familiar with the story of Nicodemus, you're going to think, what is this all about? But I want to share a story with you before I get started. I was uh, at work the other day on a business phone call, and I'm walking around the front of of the office. And while I'm on the phone, I'm picking up all the trash that's in the street in the parking lot. And I'm on a business call with someone, and a guy who lives in his car by our building gets out of his car, and he says, hey, I want to talk to you about God. And I was like, okay. So I told the guy I was on the phone with, who happens to run a jail ministry, that, hey, somebody wants to talk about God, I'll call you back. So I hung up with him, and I go walking over to this guy thinking that he's going to ask me about God. And when I walk up to him, he says, what do you think, you're David? And I'm like, excuse me? He goes, you got a rock and a strap. And it dawned on me, well, what I want to say, I can't say, but holy, I have a rock and a strap. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, you going after the giant today? Come to find out, he's a homeless man of God. So we had an incredible conversation, and I told him, I said, you know what? It wasn't about the rock. It was about the faith that God put in, uh, that David put in God, that he could do what God called him to do. And went after that giant with a rock. Right? He's chosen all of you for something. It's just a matter of finding out what it is. So what I'm going to talk to you about today is about seeking him out. Um, And I may go over a little bit. I was joking, but I wasn't joking. 
You all know Pacific Point Church, our whole thing here is up in and out. It's about our relationship with God, sharing our grace stories, and living like Jesus. What I'm going to talk to you about today, look at that. I am just a nobody. And it is amazing what I've experienced and what God has done in my life. I am not a teacher. I'm not a preacher. I'm not a, I can't even say theologian. But um, I'm just somebody who is doing what God has called me to do the best I can. I've completely handed over. I'm obedient. And I'm trying to narrow that gap every day. The one I'll tell you that I struggle with the most is cussing. I love to cuss. But I, I pray about it all the time, but I think he's just chosen to use me the way I am. So I'm going to take it as I get it. The uh, Luke touched on last week about how. How is a choice. We all talk about we're going to do this, we're going to do that, but it's a choice. John commented this morning about come to prayer one time. That's a choice. One day out of a year, you can't decide to be here, but I guarantee you if the Laker game's on at 7, half of you will be there at 10 to 7. So think about your choices. Think about what you're getting from your choices. What you put in and take in is what you're going to get out. Um, how do we not? What I want to talk to you today is how do we not seek him out and go about our day every day expecting things to change, doing the same thing. I, my friend uh, Albert called that insanity. He's from New Jersey. That's why I called him my friend. Um, I'm talking about Albert Einstein. Nobody caught that one? The, uh, him and I have ADD together. So this will be interesting. My ADD is off the hook today, so I don't know where we're going to go. But uh, <laughs> we talk all the time about word, day, pray, right? Those are all forms of worship, just like we were worshiping this morning. With that said, with that said I'd like to pray. Lord, like Jimmy was singing this morning, we hope you have your way. I pray that you have your way today. I pray that you use me to let some of the people here who don't know you to want to get to know you better. I pray that you give them the hunger and thirst you gave me seven years ago that is still stronger than ever. I wish I could find a way to share that. And I just pray that it's you, it's your words. Let the people here who are carrying heavy weight know that you died for us so that they could put that heavy weight at your feet. Let you carry the load. Don't worry about yesterday. Don't worry about tomorrow. We need to focus on you and focus on today. Today was a gift, and we thank you for that gift. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Go figure. My people in New Jersey are tripping right now watching this. Um, you know, there are all forms of worship, but are we actually worshiping? One of the things that gets me, John also joked today about how I get up four or five times during service. Sometimes I'll hear something, I just want to make sure everything's okay. I feel like I've been put here to serve all of you and make sure that everything's okay, so that's what I do. The other reason is, sometimes I don't understand why none of you are feeling what I'm feeling. <laughs> it starts getting so good, I just got to get up and go outside because I feel like jumping up and down. I know Chris wants to dance all the time, you know. But I'll tell you this. If you were all four, five, and six-year-olds, and we got up here and started getting excited, or I told all of you, Hey, let's sing the ABCs. You'd be singing at the top of your lungs. I tell you, hey, whoever sings the loudest is getting a bag of candy. They'd all be going bananas, right? But we get here, 
and we're in this wonderful place that we can worship God and realize what he's doing in our lives, and we all sit here stoically like we're at a funeral. And that blows my mind. It blows my mind. You know, real worship begins when we decide to surrender. When we decide to hand it over, that's when worship begins. Surrender is your worship. Attendance isn't your worship. I can't help but come at you from this crazy evangelist place I walk. Because I want all of you to have this incredible peace and grace that's been given to me. And it was free. And it frustrates me when people from the church come to meet with me and tell me they don't understand why they're not feeling God. And they don't understand why they're feeling separated. When I go back to that, it's not your attendance. Just because you show up at church and just because you may do your reading, if you're not really surrendering yourself and handing it over to Jesus, you're spinning your wheels. So I hate to tell all of you that. And like John says, let's see who I can run out of here today. I'm actually excited to see all of you. Usually when Johnny's out, the groupies are gone, and there's like eight of us, and we, uh, we have campfire songs, and I saw everybody walking up to that, I was like, man, and they think John's not here, you know? That brings me to another point I skipped over, because ADD boy left earlier. I was going to wear that suit intentionally, because I really, truly believe that this is something that I should be giving God all the respect that I have. But last night, my wife convicted me. And she joked about it today. But it wasn't her, it was God. I did plan to put on this big funny show with the suit and, you know, play all my Guido jokes and stuff. And the oddest thing was, we were in L.A. last night. We're driving up La Brea Boulevard, and I make mention of the suit. And my wife says, oh, yeah, put the Eddie show on. You're going to tear it up. It's all about Eddie, right? (laughs) Oddly enough, we hit a little bit of traffic. I look over to my left. There's a gentleman's club called Sin. And I thought, you're kidding me, right? But I didn't want to acknowledge the fact that she was right, right? So I just went about my way. And I'm laying in bed last night, and I'm thinking, you know what? She is so right. This is about Jesus. This isn't about me. If this was about me, it'd be comedy hour. We're doing pretty good, though, that one, I got to tell you. The... Uh, I, I can't help to be funny. I love life. Yes. I had a challenging childhood. Never thought I would be here. I'm so excited to be here. You have no idea. I want to talk about surrender. Because we are surrendered to other things besides Jesus, besides God. We're surrendered to the internet, we're surrendered to TikTok, we're surrendered to sports, we're surrendered to maybe drugs, maybe porn, whatever your thing is, you're surrendered to something, but not what you should be surrendered to, because the things you're surrendered to are the things that are keeping you where you're at, but we want to be comfortable, we're comfortable in those things that we've surrendered to, right, it's a challenge to surrender to God, it's a choice. We all have a choice. Life isn't about chance. Life is about choice. Your choices are going to determine where you end up. Sometimes you end up somewhere by chance, right? 
God's plan. You're not going to miraculously be swept off your feet by God, unless you're me, because I had an incredible thing. <laughs> but it's, I, I sought him out. When I had the calling from God I had, I was blessed to be in front of him at a church that I was taking my children to. I wasn't going. I was showing up to take my kids to church. That's where I met them at Lighthouse Church. The day God called me, I was blessed to be called to him. And for those of you who remember Mark Hitman, Mark Hitman. But I could not have been placed with two better pastors to take me on this walk and teach me the way to find God. But I was thirsty. Beyond myself, I couldn't understand why am I so thirsty for the word? Why am I so thirsty? Because like Peter, I saw God that day and I turned right and went the other way. And I have to tell you, it's not easy. It gets lonely sometimes. Because not everybody wants to hear the music I'm playing anymore. But that's okay. Because I'm not going to be taken to what this world wants from me. I'm taking what God wants me to do. And that's why I'm here today. We got to get out of some of these comfort zones. We use these comfort zones to fill the holes. To fill the holes we have. Because we're trying to fill that up. We don't want to be empty. But we don't know where the real value is because we're fooling ourselves by filling ourselves up with what's in our comfort zone. Whatever that is, you all know what your comfort zone is. Whenever things get rough, whenever things aren't going the way you, you want, you climb back to that comfort zone and you stand behind that, you sit behind that wall in it because you think that's what's protecting you. That wall is not protecting you. That wall is keeping you from having what God has in store for you. So the next time you're thinking about running to your comfort zone, whatever it is, I suggest you run into the word. Or just stop and talk to God. He's waiting for you. He's standing there listening to you all the time. Think about that. The next time you're doing wrong, think about the fact that he's watching you. Right? Make like your mama's watching you. Because then you might not do what you were about to do. Huh, Johnny? My new friend John's here today. I'm so excited. Everybody say hello to John. He's going to be mad at me for that one. Surrender scares us because of our fear. When we're comfortable, it's easy. When we got to step out of our comfort zone, fear sets in. That's the enemy. The enemy wants to tell you you can't do this. The enemy wants to tell you, Eddie, you can't get up there today. I don't listen to him. But I have to tell you this, it's not easy because he will stop you or try to stop you. The problem is... We never decide to get away from those comfort zones until we hit rock bottom. And then we find out that the rock was Jesus. You didn't hit rock bottom. You got to the rock that wants to help you. You got to the cornerstone. You got to the one that wants to help you get back up. You know, I get a lot of people tell me during the day because I have no problem sharing the word of God. I'm like a little kid. I cannot wait to share the word of God. I look for the opportunities. I make the opportunities. And I lost my train of thought. <laughs> the bottom line is, I know that he's got me. So I have no fear to go anywhere and talk to anybody about God. One of the reasons some of us feel that they can't do that is because you don't know him. And you haven't sought him out yet. But we fool ourselves because I went to my men's group. I went to church. I read this morning. Did you read or did you absorb it? 
Did you actually try to get involved with it? When I first started reading the Bible, I was reading it, reading it, reading it. The second time I read it, it started becoming a pop-up book. I felt like I was right in the middle of it. And then before you know it, you're talking to Jesus. I heard an interesting story the other day about a little child in a quarter, right? That quarter represents our comfort zone, okay? She goes to her father. He or she goes to her father. Says, Daddy, I want a quarter. And he goes, what do you want a quarter for, honey? Well, I just like the way that shiny quarter looks. I want a quarter. And he look, goes to open up his wallet, and he goes, you know, she's been such a good girl. I'm going to give her a $5 bill. So he gives her a $5 bill. She starts crying. I wanted a quarter. I wanted a quarter, right? We're all sitting on our quarters. You're sitting in your comfort zone on a quarter, but if you step over that wall, he's got 20 quarters for you. What you're afraid to let go of, I can assure you, is nowhere near what you're going to get. You just got to have faith. You'll give him everything when you believe he's everything. But you're never going to believe that until you get to know him. We joke about relationships. It's a relationship. If you, I, this is for you, brother. If you showed up at your wife's house every two weeks for an hour, I love this one, and left a tip on a nightstand, what kind of relationship would you have? That's how a lot of us treat Jesus. So let's think about it. Think about this relationship. I'm going to actually refer to Scripture, because if any of you think anything that I'm saying is not accurate, please go to your Bibles and let John and Chris know. Because I want to see them try to make me leave. <laughs> All right. In Romans 12, Paul writes, well, you know, I'm going to back up a bit. I started out with death, right? I love death now. For two reasons. Can't wait to meet Jesus. And if it wasn't for me dying to myself, I want to be here today talking to you, walking in this incredible peace that I have. I almost want to get Philippians 4, 5 through 7 tattooed on my back because I just can't believe it. But we have to die to ourselves. We have to die to all these things that are keeping us back and be reborn again. It talks about it over and over and over and over in the Bible. I pulled a few just to share with you. And I, let me see, I might be able to see that one. I'm a little unorthodox. All right, Romans, uh, Paul writes in Romans 12, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because all he has done for you, let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him, death. We've got to die to ourselves. Over and over, the Bible talks about death. It talks about birth. It talks about baptism over and over and over in different ways so that hopefully everyone can understand. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. That's that rebirth. You get rebirth in God, and um, you're not crawling. But a lot of us are still eating baby food. We need to move on to something a little heavier. Uh, word, day, pray. This, I always think about this because when we do these things after surrendering and the Holy Spirit fills you, and this is one thing I did question when I was putting this together this morning is, is that accurate that we could be baptized in the Holy Spirit? 
Because I have to tell you, I've had experience where the Holy Spirit comes over me, and it's like getting baptized with water, but it's the Holy Spirit, and there's nothing like it in the world, you know. I don't know if any of you have experienced that, but I pray to God that you do at some point. It's at his time, not at our time. But when you seek him, he'll let you know when your time is. In Galatians, Paul writes, my old self has been crucified with Christ, death. It is no longer who lives in me, but Christ lives in me, a new birth. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself in me. When you surrender, you're going to unleash what God has planned for you. When you dig into this relationship with him, he will show you what he has planned for you. It might not be audible words. That's a big word for me. It might not be audible words, but you'll feel it. There's an inclination. When you feel those inclinations, act on them. So many of us let it pass and then regret not acting on it. I don't know how many people here have told me, I wish I could talk to anybody like you do. I ran into someone in a parking lot the other day, and I really felt like God was telling me to talk to him, but I just couldn't do it. It only takes the first time. Because once you do it, and you see what happens when you're obedient, and just the feeling, you will do it all the time. It becomes effortless. For some of you, it might not, and then, I'm sorry, I'm misleading you. I'm joking. <laughs> Hand it over to Jesus and seek the kingdom. Are your relationships with people less than desirable? Seek the kingdom. Is your marriage rocky? Seek the kingdom, huh, Taylor? She knew this was coming. Your career is flat. You're not sure which direction you're going. Seek the kingdom. At one point in my life, I had to close a company I had forever and didn't really know what I was going to do. And I played a lot of poker, and I was talking to guys I was playing poker with. They go, what are you going to do? And I was like, I'm going to be a preacher or a politician. And everybody said, what type of politics are you getting into? <laughs> Who would have known? <laughs> right? So don't think, don't think that you're not good enough. Don't think that he's not watching you. Don't think that he doesn't have something in plan for you. He has a plan for all of us. That's why I wore this shirt, because you're all chosen. You just haven't decided to accept that yet. Your finance is a mess. Look to Jesus. You know, I can't help but use myself as an example. This is going to kill my wife right now, but I tithe religiously. I didn't do it for a while, talked about it. We all talk about it. It's easy to talk about it. It's another thing to actually do it. This man told me, if you tithe, in 90 days you don't see a change in your life, I'll write you a check. I have to tell you, I have had an abundance of joy and business that I can't keep up with. And it's not because of my doing. It's not because of marketing. It's because I've handed it all to him. And he has given me what I need. He will give you what you need every day. You ever see a bird go to a barn and get some bird seed? <laughs> Isn't that the most bizarre thing to say? But as it's written in the word, birds aren't worried about it. They're not worried about yesterday. They're not worried about a harvest. They're not worried about storing up bird seed for the winter. They fly around happy as could be because they know God has got them. Because he created them. Um, 
You're feeling lonely, empty, not happy? Seek the kingdom. Are you people going to join me at any time? God. All right, ABCs. You guys ready? Not feeling your present church? Amen. Can I get an amen from somebody in this place? Hey, Melvin, no offense, but I'm about to go black on you guys. Because uh, we need to get something jumping off in here, man. I want Heidi to get the hat box out from under the bed, for those of you who know what I'm talking about. Um, are you trying to figure out his calling for you? Woo, here we go. Man, my time's almost up. I got 15 minutes. All right, here we go. An incredible relationship and walk with Christ is a choice, not a chance. I've been talking about this over and over today. You can choose to enter in a relationship with God. Any healthy relationship, whether it's with God or with our friends or with our family, is based on time and trust. You spend time with people, you develop a trust and respect for people, and you find friendship with people. God is just waiting for you. Give him a little bit of time. Because when you give him a little bit of your time, he's going to fill you with enough of the Holy Spirit to make you trust him. And then all these things we talk about doing in this church start to come a lot easier. Not only that, you start to walk in a peace and comfort that you never knew. If you gain trust in him, your relationship goes, he'll reveal himself, reveal himself to you and pour into your life. I have to make notes because seriously, my ADD, I, I, this would not happen. We have to be humble. We have to be humble and submit. My wife can tell you I am one of the most least humble. Well, no, I'm a pretty humble person, but I think I know everything. The, um, I have completely handed it over, and he has given me, I can't, even, I can't even explain to you what he's given me. But we have to be humble, and we have to submit to God, and he'll let you know what he's called for you. Do you believe you're better off on your own or in his hands? I know a lot of you. You better start jumping in his hands. You know, like I said earlier, you have nothing to lose and you have everything to gain. This one is pretty good. I warn you, though, this is not easy. This is not an easy walk. I assure you, I have experienced things over the last few years that, how could this be happening? Right? I've apologized to my family. I've apologized to my wife. I've apologized to people around me because I see what the enemy's trying to do. He sees me out working for the kingdom of God every day, and he doesn't like it. He wants Eddie back. For years, Eddie ran on his side for a little bit. I used to joke that I got up in the morning, there he was on the edge of my bed telling me to do wrong. Now he can't get near me, and he doesn't like it. So he's coming after me in every way possible. And I made the big, big mistake one day of saying, bring it. Don't say bring it to the devil. <laughs> I can tell you this. But this is not going to be easy. It's not a party. It's not a picnic. As you jump into this walk with God, you're going to find out that good and evil is real. Yeah. Now, some of you may never. You may skate along. Maybe the devil didn't have any hold on you. He don't care about you. But Jesus does. And with him caring about you, you don't have to worry about the other side. There's going to be trials. There's going to be storms. we got to keep our eye on Jesus and look on the other side of that storm. Why did Peter sink? Because when Jesus told him to walk to him, 
As long as he had his eyes on Jesus, he walked on water. And as soon as he looked away, he sank. But who picked him up? Jesus did. So when things aren't going well, what are you going to do? Oh, my God. Seek the kingdom. Yeah. Hey, bring the kids back in here. I need somebody to participate. You guys are killing me. Um, the Israelites wandered around the desert for 40 years going in circles. Anybody know why? Because they were stubborn. And they didn't want to hand it over. And they didn't want to surrender. Miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. Quail, manna, water from rocks, clouds staring them in the right direction. Still couldn't see what was right in front of them because they were too stubborn to surrender. So are we going to keep walking around the desert in circles? No. What are we going to do? Amen. Here we go. You know, I used to do a fair amount of marketing stuff, right? And I actually got to a point where I learned how to train you to do what I want when I do something with my hand. But I'm so glad I didn't have to do that today. Um, speed bumps. I call them speed bumps. They're going to constantly pop up in front of you. Like I said, the enemy's trying to stop you. Just know you're walking on the words. You can step right over them. But it's not going to be easy. A lot of people will tell you, oh, hand it over to God. Your life's going to be roses and cheering and not always. How do you prioritize your life? I actually spent the last two or three weeks asking people I didn't know how they prioritize their life. And this was what I came up with. When I asked people what was most important to them or where do they put their life in order, this is what I got. Career, finances, automobiles, house, relationships, children. And look at children. That should be on the top. Right? Sports, traveling, faith, religion, calling from God. What are you talking about? I said, what do you think calling from God is? What do you mean by calling from God? Well, why is faith and religion on the bottom? Why well, go to church when there's nothing else to do? Right? is where do you prioritize your life? What choices have you made and what's important to you and your life? I love this car analogy I heard the other day. I got to give this guy credit for it. Jay John, he's a British evangelist. He used the analogy of us being in a car with God. When I first came into this relationship with God, I joked about that I let God in the kitchen. Lord knows I don't let him in the bedroom. The, uh, or the living room, or the bathroom, or the garage. I let him in the kitchen, kept him in a box, right? All of us are driving in a car with Jesus in the trunk. The reason I say he's in the trunk is because you come to church with your Bible, and you want everybody to think that you're in this great relationship with God, and some of you are, so... I'm not picking on everybody. The job was saying I'm painting with a broad brush. The, um, but you keep them in a the trunk. So when church is over, faith is over, throw them in a the trunk. Right? Then one of these messages hit you, and all of a sudden you decide, I'm going to put them in a the glove box. Right? Get, get them a little closer. You can hear some music while he's riding around with you, right? <laughs> but he's still in the glove box. Right? 
Then you get a little bit more deeper in your relationship. You start filming. You think, ah, I'm going to let him ride in the back seat, right? So now you open it up a little bit. He's riding in the back seat. Then you let him sit in the passenger seat. And then you hand it over, right? We hand it over, and we wonder, why is nothing changing? Nothing's changing because you're sitting in the back seat telling him how to drive. So when you hand it over, hand it over. I used to hate that thing, give Jesus the wheel, you know, because I wasn't where I am now. I'm like, man, get the you know what out of here, you know, Jesus the wheel. Give him the wheel. And don't tell him how to drive. Just submit and let him do all the driving because I have a notice for all of you. A lot of us are getting ready to crash. So if you don't want to crash, get some insurance. Pick up your Bible. It might be time to put God first. When you put God first, this is going so well. Are you willing to put God first? When you put God first, your finances, your interests, your relationships, your schedules, your troubles are going to become lessened. They're going to become easier. They're not going to go anywhere. You're still going to have troubles. He's not going to fix everything for you, but when you walk into those troubles to deal with them, he's going to be there with you. So think about that. Where are your priorities? Where are your life? My wife and I have been together for a long time. We weren't, we weren't married for a long time. We were together for a long time, and then we decided we were going to get married in God's eyes. There were some things in our relationship that I never said anything about, but I wasn't all that happy about. And when John said, you need to get married, I said, well, I got these things I'm not so happy about, right? And John says, hand it over to God and he'll fix it. And I said, nope, got to have a conversation with my wife first before we do this. And John told me what an idiot I was, because he likes the word idiot, that <laughs> let God handle it, right? So I did. I handed it over. Little by little, that list started going like this. And that was, the gap was narrowing, right? But I have to tell you this. He made me look in the mirror because I was most of my problem. I was most of my list. It wasn't this wonderful woman that God put me with. It was me. So when we hand it over and God starts to reveal yourself to you, take inventory. Because all that list went poof. And it had nothing to do with my wife. had nothing to do with the conversation. It had to do with the fact that I had nothing in here. And he filled that for me. So he wants to fill it for you as well. Like I said, he has huge plans for you. I'm going to read this Peter 1, 3 through 9 because I think it's so appropriate to what I talked about today. But it's a lot, so bear with me. I have a Passaic, New Jersey public high school degree. All right, Peter 1, 3 through 9, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Amen. Now we live with great expectation, and we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay, and through your faith. God is protecting you by his power until you receive his salvation, 
which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. So be truly glad there is a wonderful joy ahead, and I promise you there is. Even though you must endure many trials for a little while, these trials will show you that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Through your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through the trials, it will bring you to much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. You will love him even though you have never seen him, and you will rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. I leave you with this, and John's going to lead us into communion. How do we not? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. That, that's a good word. And, and here's, here's what John, uh, John says. It says, the word became flesh. That's when everything changed. He could just read some scriptures, but he gave you his life. Do you know what changes people? Is when you take the word of God and you add it to the scriptures and it comes alive. And you start going, if, if God can use, my favorite word, an idiot like me, John, and an idiot like, like Eddie, you guys got a lot of hope. <laughs> you guys are in good hands. God wants to use you in specific, miraculous ways. I, I don't care what you think you know or don't know in the Bible. God wants to use you. God wants to use you. And it's, it's as simple as, as saying, I'm available. It's, it's, God, what do you have for me? I want to receive our, our um, communion or have communion now. And it's, this is a, a holy time. And for some of you, it, it, it's a time, for all of us, it's a time of aligning our heart with, with his, with God's. It's going to the cross and, and taking all that stuff and laying it at the feet of Jesus. For some of you today, it's that conviction, man, he, something hit me in my, my heart of what, what the Holy Spirit spoke through Eddie, and, and you just need to repent. Some of you had a week that maybe you're just like, I, I need to repent. Maybe it, it's stress or whatever it is, taking it to the cross and laying it at the feet of Jesus. And when we receive this communion, the Bible, when it talks about communion, it's, it's about what, it's a time when believers, those who have a relationship with Jesus, come in this holy moment and receive the bread and the wine, the bread that represented Jesus' broken body and the juice or wine that represented the blood of Jesus that was spilled for you and me. When you're in a relationship with Jesus, it's a celebration with the family. It's a meal with the family. It's a precious time. It's a holy time. And it's a good time. So as we receive this morning, just take a moment. Take a moment and, and, and examine your hearts. Take a moment and examine your lives. And then receive with joy. And when you walk out these doors, when you walk out of this place, Go be the church.
Go be the church. Encounter others. Encounter others. Yeah. Just real quick, so, you know, we we always like to use this time to pray and have time to pray when you're coming up. Um, I just wanted to take just this quick moment since Eddie talked about surrender. We talk a lot around here about 1 Samuel 15, 22, which says obedience is better than sacrifice. And so we talk a lot about obedient, being obedient. But the next verse, verse 23, actually says rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is a defilement. And so if there's something in your heart where you're like, oh, yeah, you know, I haven't surrendered, I haven't surrendered. But if there is a staunch rebellion, think a bit of like the Heisman where you're literally like sticking your hand out to God, like you cannot come into the places of my heart. You cannot come and heal the things because I am stubbornly and adamantly opposed to you. That's a spiritual thing. And so when you get ready to come up for prayer, if you feel that it's something more than just a kind of nonchalant stubbornness, but it's a strong spiritual stronghold there, Ask the Lord to break that. If you want to grab somebody to pray with you, you can. But know that sometimes a sin of witchcraft is a big deal, right? And so just know that there's a heaviness that comes with that. And so pray about that as you come up to take communion. That's good. Jimmy, would you guys come up and play behind us as we uh, receive communion? So I want to pray right now. The Bible says on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body that's been broken for you. He said, eat this in remembrance of me. There's an act of faith as we receive the elements. And then he took the wine that represented his blood, and he said, this, 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 is, this cup is a covenant. Um, this blood is a covenant that I'm making with you. He says, when you drink this, do this in remembrance of me. And they ate and they drank, and they encountered their Savior. If you don't know Jesus today, the Bible says that today is a day of salvation. It says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, it says you will be saved. It, it, as Eddie said, it doesn't say you're going to have a, you know, a perfect life. What it says is, I am with you and I'm enough. And if you want to pray that prayer today, it's as simple as Eddie said. The simple part is the grace receiving and just handing over the wheel, saying, God, I want you to be in charge of my life. I'm done. For many of us who even have a relationship with Jesus, that needs to be your prayer this morning as you receive communion. And the prayer needs to look something like this in my life and your lives. is, God, I'm done trying to control that relationship. I'm done trying to control those finances. I'm done trying to control fill in the blank. God, it's yours, and I'm going to trust you. I'm not going to sit in the back seat of that car and direct you. God, take me where you will. Lord, as we receive the elements this morning, God, I pray that you would uh, meet us. God, I thank you for your son that you gave us some 2,000 years ago that we might have life. And we celebrate that this morning. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen.